Today our scripture lesson comes from the 17th chapter of the Gospel of John. It is the conclusion of four chapters of what are called the Farewell Discourse of Jesus, where Jesus is um, preparing his disciples to face his upcoming death and to face life without him. For three of these chapters, he speaks to them and teaches. And then in the fourth chapter, chapter 17, he prays to God on their behalf, gathered around the table, the Lord's table. So what you are hearing from me today, or what you'll be hearing in this reading, are selected verses from this chapter, all of which are verses of prayer lifted to God within the hearing of the disciples. Father, I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. I am asking on their behalf, protect them in your name, that they may be one as we are one. I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, in the beauty of this day, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight as we pray and as we are prayed for. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Over the course of my ministry, more than a handful of people have said to me, I have tried praying. I tried praying for a good while, but nothing happened. No one answered me back. It's like my words were going out into space, never to return. And therefore, I just stopped trying. I have seen people grow nervous upon being asked to pray before a committee on which they are serving, a meal they are hosting a rehearsal dinner, or a wedding reception. And certainly the prospect of children asking their parents about prayer and parents wanting to learn how to pray with their children prompts many to connect or reconnect with the church once they assume parental responsibilities. Praying can be an intimidating experience, something we have an uneasy feeling we ought to do more of, something we can easily become discouraged in doing. Like the disciples, we approach Jesus and say, Lord, teach us to pray. But today's biblical passage offers us an experience not simply of praying, but of being prayed for. In this passage from the Gospel of John, as I said earlier, Jesus is sharing the Last Supper with his disciples. As I indicated last week, the Last Supper becomes an occasion for what we call Jesus' farewell discourse. 
his final words and actions with his closest followers as he is preparing to face his own death and as he is preparing them to face life without him. The farewell discourse spans chapters 14 through 17 in the Gospel of John and the chapters in the Gospel of John are lengthy. In the first three of these chapters, Jesus reminds his disciples that at least within the relationship he has established with them, he is the particular way to God, the way, the truth, and the life. He promises them the gift of the Holy Spirit as advocate, comforter, witness. All translations of the same Greek word paraclete, which means called alongside of. A word that bears witness of the continued presence of Christ in their lives as disciples and in the life of the church to come generation after generation. Called alongside of. Jesus in this farewell discourse depicts himself as the true vine and his disciples as the branches. He prepares them for rejection and ostracization on behalf, on the part of the world. And once again, he describes and promises the Spirit in their midst so as not to leave them orphaned in the world. Then after all this, when our passage opens in chapter 17, Jesus looks up to heaven and starts praying to God on behalf of the disciples in a voice in which the disciples can hear. Gathered around the table, sharing what they have come to realize is their last meal with him, the disciples hear Christ praying on their behalf for their healing, their hope, their encouragement, their empowerment, their faith, their witness, their courage, their protection, their strength. Indeed, he is praying for their very life. Father, I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me. And they have kept your word. I am asking on their behalf, Protect them in your name, that they may be one as we are one. I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. These are just a few of the phrases that the disciples hear Christ speak to God on their behalf. To hear one's name spoken in a prayer is a powerful and moving experience. Perhaps 
the experience of being prayed for can even open us again to pray. Now that's the background. With this background, we gather in this worship service around the Lord's table. The same table around which the disciples gathered. And we do so in what we call active remembrance of their final supper. As we prepare for the bread and wine to become for our faith the body and blood of Christ. I would like us to experience at least a measure of what the disciples experienced in hearing Jesus praying for them. I would like us to experience today being prayed for. Now to be sure, in a few minutes when we start this, I will be the one voicing the prayer. And I will be voicing it for you on your behalf. But in doing so, I am not in the same position as Jesus was with his disciples Christ was the Word made flesh. I am all flesh, with a few words spouting out (laughs) now and then. Sometimes worth hearing, sometimes not. Though I have been chosen by office to preach and pray, I preach and pray in your midst and from your midst. As such, I stand as much in need of prayer as you stand. I am as much the subject of any prayer as you are its subject. But still, pray on our behalf, I will. And just as Jesus tailored his prayer to the specific situation of those for whom he prayed, so also I will dare to craft this prayer to aspects of our specific situation as least, at least as I understand them. So I'm going to do something totally out of character today that's daring and, you know, puts me at risk, makes me vulnerable. I'm going to move from the sermon here to behind the table. You're used to normally hearing about 20 minutes of sermon from me if it's a good day, today, today you've gotten about 10 minutes of sermon and you're going to get about 10 minutes of prayer. What was the other funny thing I said at the early service <laughs> at this point? I don't have it written down. It was really good at the time. Oh, I know, I know. The other risk that I'm taking is that I am fully aware That when I ask you in a few minutes to bow your heads and close your eyes with the promise that it's going to be about ten minutes, that may lead you into a state (laughs) into which it is not entirely appropriate to be led. But so be it. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Dear God, you called each of us to a life of faith and service. Through some mysterious choice on your part that we label with words like grace and election, 
You've given each of us a blessing, a portion of your word in the world, a responsibility to carry out. You've called us to Westminster Presbyterian Church in Alexandria, Virginia, in the United States of America in 2016 to worship together, to learn together, to serve together, and to be in supportive relationship with one another. You called each of us to draw water from the well of worship and then to leave worship renewed, refreshed, reinvigorated, our thirst assuaged to serve you in the world. You have called many of us to serve through the particular roles that we play in our family. Provider, nurturer, peacemaker, confronter, inspirer, pragmatist, sitter by the bed in time of illness, conveyor of tough love in time of addiction, advocate and confronter in time of mental illness, truth-teller in times rife with avoidance, wise sage in time of decision-making, conveyor of joy and planner of party in time of celebration. Lord, keep us in your word as we play the role you have given us in our family. You've called us to serve through the role we play in the life of another human being. The child who is our responsibility. The parent who can no longer care for herself. The neighbor who far more than we realize depends on the simple tasks we do. The cousin in another state. The friend in need who won't quite let us in the deeply flawed person we deeply love. Keep us in your word as we play the role you have given us in the life of another human being. Lord, you called us to serve you through the role we play in our community. Citizen, voter, neighbor, volunteer, activist, petitioner, leader, elected official, decision maker. Keep us in your word as we play the role you've given us in the life of our community. You've called us to serve through the role we play in our profession. Soldier or sailor, economist or ethnographer, teacher or technocrat, laborer or lawyer, mechanic or maitre d', politician or professor. Keep us in your word as we play the role you have given us in our profession. And you have called us to serve you through the role we play in our congregation in Westminster. Extender of compassion, speaker of truth, maker of music, tender of money and property, tender of children and youth, 
preacher or teacher, priest or prophet, healer or wise sage, leader or doer. Keep us in your word as we play the role you have given us in this, our congregation. Lord, in any of these roles and in each of these roles, keep us in your word that we might serve in ways that are true to you, that we might serve in ways that are consistent with your will for all of humanity, that we might serve in ways that affirm what you affirm, that we might serve not simply to our own enrichment or pleasure, that we might not simply do our duty, follow orders, do our job, wash our hands of larger implications that we might serve the higher purpose to which each of our roles points and which each seeks to embody. Lord, I pray also that you will protect us. Protect us as individual in, individuals in these various roles you have for us. Protect us from illness and disease, accident and injury, sin and self-destruction. Protect us from the premature loss of someone we love. Protect the faith we profess, the church in which we worship, the Judeo-Christian heritage in which we bear witness, the nation under whose laws and traditions we bear it, the world with whom we seek to share it. Protect our faith from premature death during the dark midnight of the soul. When we cry out to you and hear nothing back, when our prayers seem to travel into a void, when we live between the last time you showed up for us and the next time you will show up for us. Protect the religious expressions of the world that lift the spirit, affirm life, and contribute to human flourishing. Protect us from closing our minds, from seeing the way you work through faiths that are different from our own to achieve your good purposes. Lord, I pray also that you will lead us to become one as citizens of the nation in which we live. In a time when tension runs high, when anger and incivility have become badges of honor, When facts have become disputed, denied, discredited, demagogue, or defied with impunity. In a time when technology allows us to air every grievance, magnify every dispute, share every unfiltered thought, and every intimate moment or act. In a time when political division drives ratings and revenue as if matters of governance and international relations are spectator sport. In a time when slow and steady achievement is ridiculed or dismissed. In such a time as this, lead us to recognize our unity as human beings who share citizenship in one nation and share with people from other nations our common createdness at your hands. Let not the magnification of our differences keep us apart from each other in our nation and in our world. 
Lead your church to recognize our unity as Christians in our baptism and at your table. That we might witness to the sacredness of every human being as an object of your creation and love. Never to be exploited. Always to be respected. Lord, I pray that we will experience the joy you intend for each human being and for the human race even when our joy comes in the midst of or grows from hardship and suffering. Show us the difference between joy and happiness, between hope and optimism. Let the joy we experience be your joy made complete in our lives, made complete in our lives, and rooted in the hope made real by the resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ. Finally, Lord, just as we have received what we know and experience of you from those who have come before us, I pray that the way we at Westminster preach and teach, pray and live in our roles, in our relationships, in our homes, in our church, in our professions, in our community, in our citizenship, will bear worthy and effective witness to you so that those who come in contact with us and those who come after us will be moved to say, can their faith become my faith? As we prepare to take of your bread and wine, we now pray about one specific item in our life covered only broadly or prompted by the words of this prayer. We pray silently in the privacy of this moment. We pray our prayers sometimes with sighs that are too deep for words to you in trust that you hear them through the ears turned our way and take them into your heart which is always open to us in the name of Jesus Christ Amen